We're going to get stuck straight in with cricket. We are blessed to have two very special guests from the uh, the Mighty Reds, the Gordon Women's Cricket Club, the benchmark, a lot of people say, of women's cricket in this city, and that would make them the benchmark of world women's cricket. You've only got to have a look at what's happened with the Australian national team, the big bash, the domination of New South Wales breakers at WNCL level, the strength of club cricket at women's level in Sydney, and we've got two of the best in here to talk about that over the next hour. But firstly, to lead up to that, he is uh, the godfather of this program, the bench. It's rather fitting that he's in to kick off 2019, the first full year of this program on this station. You look like you had a very good Christmas. Welcome back for 2019. The Bull, the Godfather, Anthony the Bull Caruso. Good evening to you. I don't know how to take that. To be perfectly honest, had a good, had a good, had a good Christmas. I spent most of my time in the car driving uh, the three corners of Sydney. To be perfectly honest, so, and, yeah. and, you, and you look very well, better than I do. Put it that way, because you've come out as fit as a fiddle by comparison to. That's, that's news That's news to me because um, I'm pretty sure I gained about three, four kilos. You only need to ask my grandmother who keeps shoving cannelloni oh, in, and prawns in front of me over the Christmas that. period. There's nothing wrong with that at all. That's just part of the Christmas spirit. Well, great to have you on board at least for this first hour. We do have a number of uh, guys who will be joining us in the second hour, but let's get stuck straight. It's an extended bench out there tonight. Oh, very much so because they know we're back for 2019 and they know that we mean business for what will be a big year of sport, both locally, nationally and internationally. Speaking of which, stumps at the Sydney Cricket Ground on day two of the torture of this Australian men's uh, cricket team, which continued today until Virat Kohli uh, declared a little bit of mercy on the Australian attack at seven for 622, about 45 minutes before stumps. He sent the Australians in for 10 overs before the close, and they survived without losing a wicket. No wicket for 24 at Stumps Australia on day two of the fourth and final test. Marcus Harris, 19. Usman Khawaja, 5 at the Sydney Cricket Ground. But as much as there's gnashing of teeth around Australia about what's happened with Australian men's cricket, you've only got to have a look at Australian women's cricket to see that we lead the way, not just by the fact that Australia won the Women's T20 World Cup um, comfortably with a big win in the final over England in uh, in the West Indies just a matter of six weeks ago. But you've only got to have a look around the strength of the WBBL, which is arguably the IPL of women's cricket in 2019-2020. You don't have to look at the number of international players that come here from all the major nations uh, that play the game. And then you look and dig deeper at the strength of... New South Wales women's cricket. It's not just the fact that the New South Wales Breakers have won not only the last 21 or 20 WNCL titles. and um, It's not just the fact that nearly uh, two-thirds of the Australian team come from New South Wales. And it's not just the fact that New South Wales players that can't get a go at Breakers level have to go elsewhere. You've only got to look at the ACT Meteors and a number of big bash franchises that have New South Wales-based players in their squads, Michaela, Hen- uh, uh, Michaela Henry is one that comes to mind. You look at the strength of club cricket and straight off the bat, we, look, we don't have to look too far here locally. We pride ourselves on the local view and the Gordon Big Reds Women's Cricket Club have set the way uh, on and off the field over the last five to ten years. We are delighted that we have Jessica Henry, the 
president of the Gordon Women's Cricket Club and a well-respected member of a number of subcommittees at Cricket New South Wales women's level in the studio uh, with us for the cricket segment uh, tonight. Happy New Year to you, Jessica, and welcome to... uh, to the bench and welcome to Triple H. Thanks very much, Tony. Happy New Year to you as well and thank you for having us. And also with her this evening is a multi-talented uh, cricket person in Heidi Cheadle. You could see Heidi in a number of roles uh, at grade level, at women's grade level. She plays uh, for Gordon in first grade and as one of their leading lights with the gloves, the keeping gloves as well as the bat. But also... Uh, she has also gone the step further as far as administering the rules on the field. Yes, a qualified ticketed umpire who stands out there in lower grade uh, women's cricket uh, and fills both of those roles on the same weekend. It's not uh, unusual for Heidi Cheadle to be umpiring one day and playing the next. Sometimes umpiring Saturday, playing Sunday, and sometimes vice versa. She's with us in the studio as well. Good evening and a happy new year to you, Heidi, and welcome to the bench. Welcome to Triple H. Oh, thank you very much. What an introduction, Tony. Well, we... Um, I am blessed to we, hear we, we, we are blessed to have you here. Let's get uh, stuck straight down to business then. Uh, as far as the women's game, we do have the world-famous drop and give me 20 segment... That's going to be your domain, uh, uh, Mr... Uh, Mr. Is that the Curtis? phone already? The phone is ringing already here. You might have to take that phone very quickly now. Yeah, we might. Well, yeah, there, there are people who could take that phone outside. Let me just um, leave you to... Well, do you want to do the uh, drop and give I'll, me 20 now? No, uh, let's, we'll get to that in a bit. I'll, I'll keep going All here right, in the meantime. I'll play there, secretary. So. I'll yeah, play absolutely. Secretary. So the, Actually, the phone is gone. So the phone is gone. Excellent. The phone is gone. I think someone's taken it outside. Hope That's so. the effect that we've already had. People are ringing in. Delighted to hear the Gordon Great Reds in the studio with us. Well, I was going to open the batting, so to speak, by uh, coming to you, Jessica, straight away. As uh, an administrator of note, you were telling me outside in the green room that you predate the game by uh, a lot of years. Um, Never in your... Did you in your wildest dreams ever think that you would live to see the day that women's cricket is at the level that it's at now in this country, given the humble beginnings, it's got to be said, that we're still there for women's cricket, you know, coming out of the Sharon Treadray, dare I say, Betty Wilson era, when you started in the game. I'm not going to say how many years ago, because one thing I've learnt the hard way is never ask a woman her age. So I'm not going to do that here, but you've been around the game a long time. Would you ever, did you ever think that it would get to this stage in your lifetime? I think, Tony, that it's a very exciting time for women's cricket right now. I've been in, I will say it, I've been involved in the game for over 30 years, uh, all with the Mighty Reds, but also in a number of other hats from a Cricket New South Wales and Sydney cricket perspective. And I think that it was a very long road for those first 25 to 30 years. In the last four or five years since the beginning of the Big Bash, the Women's Big Bash League, I think that's just catapulted women's cricket to the forefront and it's completely changed our game, completely changed the way that we do it and has started bringing a lot of youngsters into the game as well. 
well as retirees back in. So it, the success has almost been a little bit overwhelming that it's happened so quickly in that, that four-year period. But it's a very, very exciting time for the women's game and, and we want to make sure we make the most of it. You mentioned that it's been overwhelming how quickly it's grown in four years. How do you manage the pace of that growth now, now that there is the interest, now there is commercial television interest at the WBBL level, there is commercial interest in the Australian team at the national level. It helps, dare I say it, that the Australian women's team is winning whilst the Australian men's team are losing on and off the field. Um, How do you manage the pace and ensure that it stays in control uh, but still ahead of the pack? It's an interesting question. I think as club cricketers or administering a, a club as it is, our club is getting bigger and bigger and that presents some really some significant logistical challenges. But it's an exciting challenge at the same time. I, I call myself a... I have a full-time job, but I operate as a part-time administrator, but that part-time is increasingly becoming closer to full-time. Mm. And the biggest challenge for us is making sure that we, to stay ahead of the game, we've got the right volunteers, we've got the right um, administrators in the game, and we're making the most of, of the, the media opportunities Opportunities and making the most of the success of the women's game to bring those new players in. By way of example, we may well be putting an extra junior team on the park uh, in the new year. Fantastic. And we will also be very likely putting a team in a pilot competition, which is an under-15 competition running for six weeks in February, March from the Sydney Cricket Association. And it really is making sure that we're capturing those youngsters, providing them with the opportunities and providing a lot of very structured and expensive game now. We provide a lot of structured training, uh, specialist coaching, coaches and even sports psychology we've dipped into this year but it's all things we need to be doing to stay ahead of the game what about you mentioned the coaching the extra layers of of um, support and infrastructure i'm always a bit wary about going too far with that infrastructure we've seen other codes and other sports that have gone too far down that path and uh, it's affected the the playing talent and affected the on-field um playing style and results as a result of that. Um, The women's game is in a unique position where they can pull back on some things and go forward with other things the right way because they've done the right things now at the grassroots. How important is it with that if more money, which eventually will come into the game, whether it comes from more sponsorship or whether it actually comes from a uh, revamping of the grant structure from head office at Cricket Australia, seeing that they've gone through their issues right now, um, how important is it that if more funding comes in, it's spent the right way? I say the right way in as much as it's not spent on putting more people in bureaucratic positions, but more people at the coalface, as in more coaches to develop more players, but still give the freedom to players to do their own thing rather than be totally overcoached. Yeah, that's also also a very good point. I think the first thing we need to do is make sure we keep it very simple. We're constantly overcomplicating things in life, and I think from a cricketing perspective with the opportunities available, we need to keep it simple and keep it very basic. At the same time, I will say that a lot more money has come into the women's game in the last 10 to 15 years. We're in a position where we used to pay an association when it was independent of Cricket New South Wales. We used to pay registration fees to the association to play as club cricketers. Mm. Now we're receiving grants from a Cricket Australia perspective, from a Cricket New South Wales perspective, all of the women's premier 
clubs receive these these grants or have op- have the opportunity to receive these grants. And we need to first of all, they're managed very professionally. Um, the associate, the certainly Cricket New South Wales manages it very professionally. Professionally, and I think what what Cricket Australia and Cricket New South Wales have done for the women's game in the last five to ten years in particular is absolutely extraordinary, and their support has been amazing. And I think there's been a obviously Cricket Australia in particular has been in the news for all the wrong reasons over mm. the last twelve months or so. But actually, what they have done in, for the women's game, and particularly James James Sutherland as well, of what he has done for the women's game, has made us more professional and has provided the opportunities for us to become more professional by providing that funding rather than us living on the smell of an oily oily rag. And also at state level, um, a lot of people criticised Andrew Jones for a lot of things, the outgoing CEO of Cricket New South Wales, who I know you've worked with closely. But the one thing that he did get right, and the one thing that he can't, one legacy that he has left... Unequivocally, we should say as well. Yes, the one, the one legacy he has left um, from his time as CEO of Cricket New South Wales is his support, fostering and development of the women's game to the extent now where Cricket New South Wales and Women's Cricket New South Wales is, without question in my opinion, the hub of the world women's cricket game. I know it's a big statement to make, but I think the the stats and the, the proof of the pudding doesn't lie in where New South Wales women players stand in the world women's game today. Uh, maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree and maybe I'm grandstanding too much, but I think that Andrew Jones's legacy is how cricket women's Cricket Women's New South Wales is now the forefront of women's cricket worldwide. Look, I, I would agree, Tony, that Andrew Jones, I have sat on a number of committees with, with AJ, and Andrew Jones has been a massive supporter of the women's game in, in New South Wales, but also at a Cricket Australia level. He's really pushed Cricket Australia to make sure that we're supporting from a women's perspective. And I think the success that you're seeing, not just the New South Wales, New South Wales Breakers, but also now, obviously, Thunder and, and Sixers uh, franchises, I think that... Uh, that that success, uh, Andrew or AJ uh, has a, has a very has played a very big part in. So he's been a huge supporter of the women's game. He has daughters of his own, mm. and and he's been a massive supporter of the game. And obviously, we'll take the opportunity now to wish him very very well with his next endeavour, whatever that might be. Indeed. Now, one thing about the women's game, um, call me a, a dinosaur, but the women don't play. I think as much long-form red ball cricket as they possibly should. I think it's uh, pretty much close to a disgrace that we see one test match every two and a half years, and that's the only long-form red ball cricket that any women see um, almost worldwide. A lot of women's cricket is kept at the T20 and 50-over level. Yep. Um, It's where the money is. It's where the, the attention is at the moment. Although... If anyone went to North Sydney Oval for those four days mm. 15 months ago to see the spectacle that developed there, uh, would beg to differ. What's the challenge that you see at the forefront of administration of women's cricket in New South Wales to try and get more long-form cricket into the women's game? Look, I, I would question how much cricket in New South Wales can influence that. I think that that needs to be at an ICC level to really support longer form with the women's game. The reality is, though, as you've said, the money is very much in the short form cricket. And even at a, a premier cricket level now, you're seeing a very half and half, 50-50 split between T20 cricket and the 50 over limit, the fifty overs cricket, the limited overs cricket. So that's pretty much a 50-50 split. And I, I think that 
Uh, obviously, I'd love to see more Test cricket because unless you want to travel to the UK, then really you're only seeing a Test match every every four, four years. years. Mm. So I think we'd love to see more long form cricket. But right now, the reality is that that short form is where the money is. It's where the crowds are. It's what's bringing new players into the game. Perhaps down the track, with a little bit more money in the game or with more professional players, as we're seeing now, there may be the opportunity for more Test cricket. But I can tell you, for those Test matches, as we saw at North Sydney Oval, but then as I saw in in Canterbury at the Spitfire Ground uh, back mm. in. 2015, there's crowds and there's the support for the game. And there will be for the upcoming Women's Ashes series, which is only just uh, uh, a few months away. I forgot to mention it's an Ashes year. Mm. One last thing. You mentioned it's an ICC thing. I'm going to put you on the spot. Does the ICC have the will to foster long-form red ball cricket at the women's level? Because for mine, the answer to that is no. Look, I, I don't have a direct connection to ICC, so I think it would be my very personal view here in that that really, at the moment, I think we need to focus on the grassroots, focus on uh, the 50 overs cricket, focus on the, the T20 cricket, which is what's bringing the crowds into the game, get that incredibly strong, and once that is very strong and very functional across the globe, you'll then have more opportunities to move into test cricket because there's more nations that are equipped to be able to play the game. What about um, the problems you touched on briefly We've had uh, Jeremy Hook, the Northern District President, in here um, and we've asked him the question. We'll ask you as well. Um, what effect, if any, did the problems that beset the men's game on and off the field have on the game at grassroots level from what you saw over the last 12 months? That's a big question, mm. two-edged sword. Look, I think that um, from a from a women's cricket perspective, it's I'd say every cloud has a silver lining, and mm. the silver lining for women's cricket has been that because the the men have been on the wrong side of the, the the public in general, that has been a positive for the women's game because more people have been paying attention to. There's been a lot of positive news out of the women's game, and that has that has. Grabbed, grabbed more attention in the media. But I, I want to quote um, Alex Blackwell, so the former uh, Australian captain and vice-captain, he's, he's and now future, retired. And future administrator of note, I and must note. She's on the board of, now a board member of, of Cricket New South, New South Wales and may be a possible future chairperson, but I think that's only, you know, well, that's, a, that's for another day. Down the track. But I think if, if from an Alex Blackwell point of view, Alex is very, very big to say cricket in general, not women's cricket or men's cricket. And I think increasingly we need to be moving to walk just talking about cricket and whatever happens in the men's game could happen in the women's game as well and vice versa. So I think we need to keep it simple. We need to, we need people to remember that at the end of the day, it's just a game and we need to continue to play that way. And we also need to make sure, a question I've been asked asking myself since since Cape Town is what pressure were those guys under behind the scenes? What happened behind the scenes that put them under so much pressure to feel they needed to do something like that? Controversial call, but I think that uh, there was, they were under a lot of pressure. But a legitimate call from pressures off the field and clearly some of the interviews that have taken place yep. um, since then have revealed some of that undue, unfair and... Uh, you know, unruly pressure that they were under, which also stretches back to what I mentioned way back at the beginning about the direct line of uh, responsibility that, you know, it was quite quite clear. I've, I've, I've banged on about it, but there was a straight line from the chairman of the board through the CEO, through the high-performance director, through the, the, the head coach, the head men's coach, right down to the captain. There was the straight line. It 
you didn't need to look too far to see the straight line of responsibility and all five of those individuals are now no longer in those positions. And I think we're now very much heading in the in the mm. right direction for the game in general. Mm. And we need to make sure we need to make sure that it never happens again. But I think that we just need to move on. Heidi, now you've been sitting back there. Just you, you didn't think we were going to absorbing. Uh, you're just absorbing. But now we're going to come to yourself and your background in the game and. What attracted you to the game? And then what attracted you to umpiring? Was it a couple of bad decisions one day in a match thinking, oh, oh geez, no, no, no. you know, I could do better than that so-and-so, so I'm going to get a ticket I'm going to have a crack myself. No, um, I was actually in I was actually in Ireland last year. No, this year. Yeah, this, this year. This, that, yeah, this year, yeah. 2019, that's, that's good. I mean, I mean... 2018. 2018, yeah. Uh, last and year. I, yeah, so I was in Ireland and I was trying to find work and one of my friends Mary Waldron who is actually an umpire and she is the Irish wicketkeeper mm-hmm. the national wicketkeeper um, yep. she was like oh do you want to umpire because I had my level one originally mm. and that was that was great um, so that was enough to get me in the door doing the umpiring and I did a few matches it was nothing too you know crazy but it was just it was get my foot in the door and, and a bit of cash and just kind of I don't know, see it from a different perspective, I guess. Mm. Um, anyway, I really liked it. I came back and I was in touch with Claire Polisak. She's very diligent in emailing female umpires, so mm-hmm. all credit to her. She got me back in. Uh, and then I decided to do my level two and just kind of go with it. So, How do you find it? I quite like it, yeah. Mm. I find it quite therapeutic. Please explain <laughs> well, the therapeutic. It's just cricket. Like, I don't have anything to focus on. I've got a best seat in the house. Mm-hmm. I like watching cricket. I like being a part of it. Fair enough. And as an umpire, you do have the best seat in the house, yeah. um, depending on which way the game is going. How do you think then umpiring has affected your playing? Because you do have to back up. It's a whole weekend mm. gone where one way or the other. Um, has one helped the other? Has one hindered the other? I, I, I kind of think it's too early to tell. Like I've only done a few games. Um, I, there is a correlation, though. I think they say, you know, umpiring makes you a better player or something to that effect. Um, I'm certainly more aware of things, like things perhaps I was already doing, but I guess I didn't know why I was why I was doing them. So mm. just, for instance, like being a wicketkeeper as well, uh, you can't come in front of the stumps without the ball being played, which I never would have done anyway because mm. why would I go in front? But now I know that it's actually a rule, yes. so don't do it. Yeah. Which, you know, not as I said, nobody really does it, but just little things like that about the specifics of the laws. And they always say that players have no idea what they're doing. And we absolutely don't. <laughs> I've learned so many things. Mm. Like, so many things. Mm. Uh, as, a, as a bowler, I can attest to the fact that we know absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I get told that regularly by umpires anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about um, your own personal form? You know, in, you're in a position where there are a number of good wicket keepers out there at the moment. Um, and you run across them... From time to time, even though uh, the Australian wicketkeeper hasn't played a lot of club cricket lately because she hasn't needed to. Um, I'm okay with that. But Which is absolutely. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Absolutely. At the top of the table, I'm I'd, okay with it. I'd, I'd expect you to say that because uh, you probably won't see that particular individual again for the rest of the season due to various, uh, various commitments that she has. Um, but... It's hard not to... Will it be hard not to learn something from not just her, but all the other quality keepers that are out there? You know, the likes of Georgia Redmayne, who would be a walk-up start into a, in a lot of other national test teams if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, she was an Australian and uh, quite a few others internationally. You must hopefully take something from 
the way they go about their business and put that into your game. Oh, absolutely. I will be the first to attest that I'm somewhat of a copycat. And I, I wouldn't just go around and be like, I want to take that, I want to take that. But I think it's like using your resources. Like, I watch Midge on the telly when she's batting, when she's keeping, and I'm like, all right, what are you doing? And I've noticed, I don't know if you noticed, you know, she does her gloves. She kind of keeps them closed, and then when the ball's about to come in, when she's up the stump, she shows mm. her gloves. So I never really understood why she did that until a couple of games ago, I was just kind of trying new things, getting routines, getting into a rhythm, and I just kind of let my gloves kind of relax like that. And then as soon as... I think That's when a catch flies in your general well, direction. when the ball, baller was yeah. about to release it, I was like, well, I'm going to show my gloves. And that was kind of a cue for me to switch mm. on. So yeah. it's just like turning up, turning down as opposed mm. to on and off. Um, so I would never have done that without seeing her do it and kind of start to understand and tweak my own stuff mm. to find what works best with me. So I've absolutely learned a hell of a lot from them. I mean, it would be nice to have them in the competition to play alongside them and not just watch them. But Alex Blackwell's playing this year anyway. And well, yeah. so much experience you can learn from her for a start one of the greatest female batters that this country's ever produced oh Um, and leaders probably and and leaders as well yeah absolutely now one last thing before we get into um a few other things and the drop and give me 20 because you're you're chomping at the bit for this drop and give me 20 let me i want i want that pill you you said you've just been opening the batting i want that pill in my hand now don't worry it's coming it's coming i'm gonna step right back for the drop and give me 20 i got a helmet in the car if you want it as well uh, don't worry i'll probably use it shortly uh just to headbutt the door but (laughs) you, you mentioned midge and you mentioned the way they play the game um and that leads me as a segue to uh the spirit of the game. We've heard this banged on over and over and over again. And um, some people have taken it to one extreme degree, saying, you know what? The elephant in the room is sledging. Let's get rid of it altogether. We should not have sledging in the game. And then there are those at the other e- extreme that says, you know what? It's part of the way Australia's played the game for 50, 60, 70 years. It's in our DNA to sledge. Uh, why should we stop now? Yes, we we know where the line is, this magical line in the sand where you don't mention certain things that may or may not have been crossed in recent times. Where do you both sit on the spirit of the game? Do we go down the path of no sledging? Do we keep it? Do we go down the middle? Where do we? Where do you sit? Heidi is a current player because, you know, Alyssa Healy is well known for what she says. Um, that's in the family history. It's got to be said too. <laughs> Um, but uh, then there's the other argument of where do we go with this? Yeah, I think sledging. I think it's. I think it's kind of fun. I. I don't think. Um, I spe- when I get sledged, I actually quite enjoy it. I kind of fun takes the pressure off the situation, and I'm, I'm all about it. In saying that, I've never. Nobody's ever said something to me that's hardcore below the belt. Like that's completely unrelated to cricket and sure. and and those kinds of things. That's just like you're. A, terrible human that's not anything to do with sport or sledging that's just like don't be a dick can i say dick sorry oh, you've said it now yeah sorry uh, we, we just that, the, that dump button's been gone for a while hasn't uh, it yeah the, the, well, probably the, won't be invited back oh well no <laughs> <laughs> as sports director i will be more than happy to have you back you can uh, say that now thanks tony but um, it, but yeah go yeah on. i'll call that yeah um but, yeah, I think sledging, it's always been part of the game. I mean, you saw Tim Payne the other night with... Uh, with Richard the Pant. Yes, and that's just, that's fun. That's, you know, it's, that's just a, to- that's just a bit for them to 
you know, they're playing cricket for a million hours a day in like 30 billion degree weather. So mm. have a bit of fun, do what you need to do to... It's genuine quality banter, that, between them. And, and, yeah, that's great. It's good yeah. fun. And Jessica, as an administrator, is one charged with being a custodian of the spirit of the game, for want of a better term. Where do you sit on this debate, which no one wants to talk about, but it's the elephant in the room? As a as a very regular third grader myself, I think it's much more fun to sledge each other in the team rather than your. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have enough. much more we have much more fun doing that. But but otherwise, uh, I think that you know you can go you can step across the line. But I really like the way that Richard, for the pant and pain of, of taking mm. it on in the, in the last few test matches. I think everybody's enjoyed that as opposed mm. to it being sledging. It's just been good banter and you know as a passionate third grader, that's the way I'd like to play the game as well. I think there's a really good description of um, of how that where that line really is, and I think um, I'm going to go to Ian Chapel for this one. It's, he describes it absolutely perfectly. He says sledging in terms of this general term that the media is used, the, the mainstream media is used in the past, it shows a lot of people in the mainstream media don't know what the they're talking about. Mm. Uh, there's two parts to it. One of it is banter. The other part is abuse. And he says, mm. banter, there's absolutely not nothing wrong with it. It's mental. You're attempting a bit of humour to get yourself through the day, but also a bit of mental degradation. You want to try and distract the opposition as much as you can. Mm. It's part of the game. It's part of the fun. Cricket is as much a psychological game as it is a, well, yeah. as a physical absolutely. game. However, he then comes to the abuse. And the abuse is he said should be absolutely not on the umpires if anything and you know having yourself here you'd probably be someone who's probably going to be hearing this from time to time potentially the umpires some of the umpires need to stamp it out stamp it out hard and the administrators then need to stamp that out hard as well and currently what we've seen he thinks from the administrators and some of the umpires is that in his in his own words we should say as well they don't have a spine to be able to do that well, I've always been one to believe, you know, the most, you know, the Australia-India rivalry was very much uh, reached its lowest point in Monkey Gate. No doubt about that. 2007, 2008. And I have always believed that the reason that it got to that point was because both umpires in that particular test match lost control of that match very early on, on days one and two. Not just the poor decisions that Steve Bucknor gave, but the lack of control that allowed the players to run the game. And once umpires allow players to run the game, whether it be in cricket or rugby league, which I attempted to referee reasonably well for a, a period of time when I was younger and fitter and less stupid than I am now, um, you are always ensuring that the umpires controlled the game, and that's probably your, your, something you're seeing now, Heidi, in your turn as an umpire, that you there are moments that you have to be careful that, okay, yeah. you have to step in and say, you know what, enough's enough. Let's get on with the game, please. That's it, yeah. Yeah, let's just next ball. All right. Okay, now, Gordon, look, you've just mentioned top of the table in first grade, lead the competition, so arguably could be the premier women's cricket club in the world at the moment if they go all the way it's a long way to go but you must be pleased with the way the season has gone so far at the Christmas break generally you've got to be in front at Christmas to be a chance to lift silverware in March I'm incredibly stoked with everything and I like how we're going obviously that we're winning um, but also that like we're a real like team Everyone's contributing. It's not just... As a club. Yeah. And a club, actually, yeah. We have so many people come into our team uh, when we're short and, and 
you know, they do it with bells on. They come in, they warm up, they play, they, you know, they really get involved. And I think that's, you know, part of what, you know, Jess has helped build at Gordon, um, which also extends into our trainings. Everyone's together, we're all hanging out. Um, it's just like a real culture, and it's just, I think, everything off-field has helped on-field. And that's important you mentioned because from an old club perspective, and Jessica, you'd probably be the first to say this, we've all been there at club level to make those Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning phone calls when you're short. Hello, can you play? Can you spare us time? We need you. We're one or two short because there's still that problem at the lower levels and at the lower grades of the game. Um, and that and those extra one or two people to put 11 on the park makes a difference. And that's a great challenge in our time-poor society, this 24-7 work cycle and family cycle we're now uh, thrust into in the year 2019. Look, thankfully, from a from a Gordon perspective, over the last few seasons, or I dare say, the last thirty odd years, it, it had that has been the situation of trying to find players on a, a Friday or even Saturday night. But actually, you know what? This season, touch wood, uh, we have Team Thursday. The teams get announced on the Thursday. They go on Facebook, and it's been a very rare thing. You know, we've called people in at the last minute, but it's been through illness or injury as opposed to trying to fill up teams. So we're having a, a fabulous season from that perspective. And as as Heidi said, we we train together from the eight year old juniors through to to first grade we're all training together the girls can see the whole pathway and because they can see the pathway if there's an opportunity for them to to play or to fill in in one of the higher grades it's a much easier thing for us to ask them because they can they know everybody and they they all work together let's go to the let's go and have a look at the team and their performance so far and um i think there's been a couple of real standout performances from the um from the first grade team to start off with um um saskia hawley saskia hawley apologies um Absolutely. We, um, I managed to catch the very end of the 74 that she scored against um, Sydney down at um, Dromoyne Oval, uh, which was the game actually before we called mm. um, Sydney versus Sutherland. That remarkable semi-final, yes. Oh, the, what a game that was. Zach Crawley 100. Still yeah. the only 100 in T20 cricket of any form this season so far. Yeah. Um, but um, Suska was um, was absolutely outstanding. 74 in that game. She's picked it up uh, with wickets as well. But the bowling attack for your first grade lineup. First, second, and third in the um, in the overall competition, along with Isabella Fitzgibbon and Elizabeth Mayer. Yeah, good on them. Well done. Uh, how, you must so be having you must be having an absolute ball behind the stumps just watching yeah. these watching yeah. it fly through. Absolutely. So, has it been anything in particular? Look, I think uh, Saskia Hawley is yeah. one of our young stars. She's in the Thunder squad, and hopefully, the, the continued form that she's been having will see her get a game at some point in 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 the Green yeah, Jersey. Put her in. The Thunder. Yep, get her in the team. It's a bit hard. She's got a lot of competition she in that lineup at she, the moment. She has got a lot of competition. Lisa, you know, Lisa. LG's, play, LG's LG's been playing very well. And, and, and she's a story in herself. She is. I've known LG for a very long Five time. Five years as a Jillaroo. Yeah. Walked away from the game. Needed downtime with yep. her problems. Player of the match. Got the two big guns in the yeah. in the uh, in, 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 in the derby on Thursday night. On she's a fantastic in, talent, and she's an absolutely delightful young lady as well. But. She's in front of Saskia at the moment. In the, in well, yes and no. I mean, LG bowls pace, so hopefully there'll be a spinning opportunity for Sass there at some point. But we need, we need, No, we need more pace, uh, pace bowlers. Let's, let's oh, face it. So. <laughs> um, Smoking is a true one, pace bowler. Exactly. Uh, well, no, I, I impersonate a pace bowler. Thank you. Um, oh, let's... Um, one of the players from the Brewers Shield, of course, they won the competition uh, this... Um, they won the competition beforehand. Charlotte Camben, great young talent coming through the team. 
Uh, Charlie, Charlie has uh, really come on in the last 12 months. She, along with Sophie Martland and Lauren Coor, have been, of all three of them, have been selected in the state under-15 team. They'll play at the Nationals in, in February down in Canberra. And young Kinjal Kamari, Kamari, who was the player of the year in Brewshield last yeah. year, is a, is a shadow player for the team. Um, Charlie's uh, grown a lot. So she's a lot taller than she was last season. She's a lot stronger, uh, but she's a very, very got a very as you expect on, between those that, as, that age. At that yeah, age, absolutely. You know. She's mm. uh, she's fourteen years old, and she's a, a great young talent of the game. And I'd keep an eye on those three players in particular in the future. And the other one to mention, the next from, Haley Silver Holmes, could be possibly could be mm. going through the um, the second grade performances. Julia Cheeseman, one hundred and two runs so far. Well, but it's a the thing has to be said about your second grade lineup. It's a very deep batting lineup. It is, which is a big change from the last few seasons. Any second graders listening to this will be the first to admit that batting's been a bit of a challenge for the in the limited overs game in particular. But we've had a, a couple of third graders actually go up and then we've had a couple of youngsters come up from the Brewer Shield team from last year. It's a really long batting order. And Julia's an interesting story in herself. She uh, came back to the game last season, played for third grade, hadn't played since school, came back to the game, scored a bucket load of runs and is now doing very well in, in second grade. And the other uh, the other one I wanted to bring up in particular, Jane uh, Warrilow in, in your third grade team. Jane, Jane's a, a journey woman like me. She's been around forever um, and she bowls loopy, a, a really loopy action and she gets buckets of wickets. So she's been around for a very long time. She's got a, a bucket load of nicknames to go with those wickets. Oh, geez. And uh, yeah, she's she's a great a great teammate. Uh, I wonder if uh, Roy Mike is listening in because in the, in the old days he used to bowl those very loopy style oh, deliveries. Well, so. you know, they, they did... If you're listening, Uncle Roy, hi. Uh, they, they, did, they did call them uh, yeah, nude deliveries because they had nothing <laughs> on them. But anyway, enough of that. She's got some hair now. It's all good. Yes, absolutely. Now, um, look, what about yourself, uh, Heidi? Look, looking through your your CV again, you know, outstanding. You've played with the best. You know, you played with Shaker, uh, God God Lover, who's now made a nice oh, bigger and better career things, yeah. career for herself over in yeah. in in commentary land of in the, in the mainstream media. I speak of Lisa Stalaker, and um, you've played alongside the likes. I mean, Georgia Redmayne was at the club for the one game <laughs> this season before she. And, and made that big hundred against the neighbours from this neck of the woods. Um, playing with all of these world-class players must rub off at some point. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, ni- it's, it's nice to be in a, a, like a sort of a program that they're also a part of. So it's, it's everyone coming together just doing our thing. And as you said, learning from them, watching them play, seeing what they do, and it's just it's just nice to be a part of it all. One question before we get to the 20. Um, you've got quite a few in front of you at the moment for higher honours. It would be, you know, it, it's stating the obvious that you would like to play higher honours, representative cricket down the line. It's a pretty full in in the New South Wales setup at the moment. Um, yeah. Jessica would probably try and dissuade you from this, she's even nodding already because she knows <laughs> what question I'm going to ask next. But if it if push came to shove, you've seen a number of Sydney-based players have to travel up stumps, move to Canberra, move into state. You've only got to look at the ACT Meteors for a start. Um, look at the Melbourne Stars and the and the Melbourne Renegades for a start. The likes of Katie Mack and Renee Farrell and uh, Etal who have had to. Uh, you know, Maitland Brown to get an opportunity. They've had to go somewhere else. Is that approaching, is that stage approaching Heidi Cheadle at all? 
Has it got question. to that point um, yet? Look, I, I'm certainly sort of starting to think about it just because at this moment, like, I, I just play great. And I don't say just play great. I love great. I love playing mm. for Gordon. Um, but that's really all it is, and there's no real sort of... Mm. Bridging that gap, anyway. But if you um, came so out, and, moment, if you came out and started making reasonably I, regular yeah, runs, not not that your record is not is not shabby. Oh, far from great. it. Far I mean, from she's it. She's having a very good. She's season. having a very good the, season this year. But if you started season. to get yeah, some so, runs, yeah. I look. I would a hundred percent be very open to any opportunity, and if that means me seeking it out, perhaps in the near future, I wouldn't say no to that either. Let me ask you one here, and from your stats in particular, your record with the gloves, are eight seasons, 42 catches, respectable, but I'd like to know, 70 stumpings? What's been going on? Stay in your crease, I don't know. <laughs> like... <laughs> I actually think, uh, like, I think about 10 or 12 of those came from one season with Hannah Trollope bowling her leg spin, and it, you could just out of the hand. Is that, is, hand do, I, do I sense a bit of quotation marks for leg, for the description of leg no, spin it was, there? It was excellent leg, leg spin. <laughs> yeah. Are we like, talking those other deliveries I mentioned earlier? The... Excellent leg spin? No, um, this, this spins. It's just she doesn't practice and she kind of throws one away here and there. Fo- and... Focus more, focuses more on opening the batting these days. Correct. Yeah. Um, but it was literally out the hand. You could see exactly where it was landing and I could pick the ball that they mm. would go out and miss. And it, it happened about 10 or 12 times in one season. Jesus. <laughs> Jessica, you were, you were nodding your head when I was asking Heidi the last question. I'm sure you'd want to keep Heidi in Sydney um, at Gordon as much as possible um, and hope that opportunities do open up in the breakers um, structure in the not too distant future. Look, uh, if there's an opportunity out there for Heidi, she should, she should take it up. But I think that's an increasing challenge for the women's game and something with my Premier Cricket hat on is, an, is a big challenge in that you, you're talking 35 to 40 cricketers from the Premier Cricket competition in Sydney are heading off to play Big Bash around the country, yeah. hence playing a combined first and second grade T20 competition during the Big Bash. But I think that's, that's just the reality of the game and if there's opportunities there, the players should take it up. What about one thing? I'm now going to come back to you because we've mentioned your 70 stumpings, Heidi, mm. but... Um, Jessica, we should perhaps talk about your four wickets in your... Oh, it's 11 wickets, thank it's, you It's 11, 11, 11 wickets. It's 11. Where, where have the, 11 those wickets. stats gone? It's 11 wickets over, over a, a, a few decades. Do you remember all of them? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I should, shouldn't I? I remember the last few, but uh, it's a little while since I had a bowl and uh, that's probably a good thing. I, these days I, I stick to opening the batting. Oh, fair enough. Mm. In 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 the day when you bowled, what mm. were they? Was it? Was uh, it, it was around about two or three overs a season, and it oh, what, was, was it, it was, was it was it the... just loopy stuff, you know, oh, try, right. try, con- focusing mostly on trying to get it on the pitch and wickets taken. The due, nothing due... nothing deliveries were they? No, nothing, nothing straight ball. No, nothing straight ball, <laughs> and and wickets taken through uh, the opposition in shock of the fact that I was bowling or laughing so much that they missed <laughs> the ball. Who knows? Completely. Mm. All right. Well, at least it didn't. Ba- the, main, the main thing is it. Hit the cut section. Well, and it, I will stress there. and say that it was in the days where um, two balls was okay, two bounces were it was okay. It wasn't a no ball. Oh, there you go. I see. Ah. Oh dear. Double bounce. Wow. Oh dear. Well, don't admit to any of those eleven wickets. Don't admit to those eleven wickets being double bounces. Don't, 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 don't admit to any of those. If they were, that, that that's just lies. Now, look. What about the rest of this season? Gordon are there um, in the club championship. They're there and thereabouts again. Uh, they're certainly ahead of. The rivals from this neck of the woods, from the north side of, of Boundary Road. Um, the rivalry's been there, well, forever and a day. Um, Jessica, putting your Gordon hat on now for a moment. 
you'd probably be disappointed if Gordon didn't pick up some sort of silverware somewhere on the way before the end of the season? Yeah, look, we, we've had a very good start to the season. We picked up uh, an under-17 under and under-13 junior premierships in, in December, early December. Mm. Uh, third grade also came away with the limited overs shield at the end uh, in December and now moving into T20. And I think that we have to be a very good shot at least at picking up at least one more, possibly two premierships for the rest of the season, all things being equal. Mm. We're, well, right. we're well placed. All right. Okay, without further ado, this is one of the... New guests generally as a rite of passage. Uh, and this is a Radio Northern other place thing, as I almost dropped that word there. The, 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 what we call drop and give me 20. We're going to ask you 20 questions um, in reasonably rapid fire uh, succession. Um, first thing that comes to the head, um, they're all sport related, generally speaking. None of, no, none of that other stuff over that other stations may ask you. All sport-related, uh, drop and give me 20. It's a rite of passage for new guests to get their insights on. The lighter side. The lighter side of sport. So without further ado, Mr Caruso. Who's opening the batting to fire me? Fire away. Oh, this me. this is that just a me. tradition. We're, the both, we're both opening bats, actually. actually. That's <coughs> oh, okay, excellent. Um, Heidi, starting off with yourself, your original club. Bef- even before maybe you joined Gordon. I've always been a Gordon Always been a Gordon girl. Always been a Gordon, yeah. ah, Of course, with the, the girls obviously coming through the ranks straight through the yes. club, one of the few yes. clubs that actually got juniors all the way through into the organisation. Mm. Um, when you were growing when you were growing up... Oh, hang on, the... Je- Jessica, answer to that question. Your original club? My was original club? Yeah. Gordon. Gordon as I, well? I, I wasn't a junior, yeah, but yeah. there wasn't any junior cricket then. There you go. No, fair there you go. You've created so for me. So for, for both of you, um, when, you were, when you were growing up, who was your local hero? Who, were the, who was the person you were following locally? Following locally? Cricket-wise? Yes. Oh, like, look, I didn't even know women's cricket existed, but if I say cricketer that I followed, it was AB. Because AB. I didn't know there was girls cricket. And, of course, he was a Mossman Junior. He was a Mossman, Mossman junior. junior. Yes. Heidi. Anyone you looked up to? Oh, Brett Lee. Brett Lee. Brett Lee. He was my first time love. I thought I thought I was going to be Mrs. Lee. So, um, I'm going to just uh, adjust this slightly. Your first, um, your first half century. Half century. First fifty that you scored. Surely you remember with your, your first, well, your first boys, fifty. Not to toot my own horn, but my first fifty, I think, was my first hundred. Was the first hundred? I think so. Well, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I I peaked at thirteen. It happened a while ago. <laughs> Yourself, Jess. Uh, before the history books were written, pre my oh, cricket, pre my cricket. This is this is prehistoric. This yes, because very, you can't find any records. Ago. These records pre my cricket have disappeared into the ether. Yeah, very very long time ago. Um, your mes- most memorable who, who was who, who was, was against? against? Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> your most memorable on field moment. Uh, for me, it would be winning the 0809 third grade premiership because mm-hmm. it was with a bunch of girls. We'd been playing together for a long time. Very, very close friends. It was super. Mm. Heidi? Memorable on field. Um, when we did the double last year, mm. not that that's actually technically that I was not on field for that. So I will tangent <laughs> and go. I was playing in Ireland in 2017 and I was batting with one of my like really good mates at the time we put on a boatload of runs and I think I, that was my probably my top score in T20 I was 86 it's always special when you got a best mate out there you just yeah. you just batting you just feel like you're just having fun out there it was it was so yeah it was so refreshing. You, you, it, between overs you probably be just be chatting hey, what are you doing later on tonight <laughs> I'm not sure so um, most embarrassing on field moment 
Uh, that would be two Diamond Ducks in the one tour against Ooh. New Zealand, and I did not get picked again. <laughs> Who cooked you? Who cooked you? Uh, first one, I think, was my own photos with Kyra Sutherland, and I just didn't make the two. The second one was with my current captain, H. Trollope. We had a slight miscommunication. She she was she was on her way, so I went and she I just you. kept on running off there. All the way to the dressing room. All the way to the dressing room. Pads off, keeping stuff on, move on. Jess? For the most... Embarrassing. Most embarrassing... Uh, shouldering arms when I was opening the batting in a semi-final about 25 years ago. And stumps flying everywhere. Yeah, oh very dear. embarrassing. Which one? Hang on, which stump? Off stump. Off stump. Oh, that I can happen. It may have been off and middle. If it was middle, then it'd be, there'd be questions asked. And if it so. was leg, well then hand, hand your batting license no, in. No, it was horrible. <laughs> who, horrible. Did, who did you grow up supporting? In sport, in any, could be cricket, could be any other sport. It was the Australian men's team because, again, I didn't know the women's team existed. Any other sport? I, again, I'm talking different generations. Because no. I think you were mentioning before, and you're a bit of a rugby girl as well. Uh, right, I became a rugby girl when I was a, a big girl. Yeah. But otherwise, I always played hockey when I was young as well. Ah, so okay. I always followed the hockey roost. Yep. Heidi? Uh, yeah, uh, well, obviously cricket, but uh, my dad and brother and a few of us, they were big Roosters fans. So I went to a few of those games and tennis. We loved it. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, now, Heidi, your claim to fame off-field. I went to school with Elise Perry. Hmm? Which school was that? PLC. PLC. Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 And yourself, Jess? Well, my, my off-field is all cricket administration and, and work, so claim to fame with that is uh, I, I don't think I have one. <laughs> this, will, this, will get you think, this will get you thinking. This will get you thinking. I've known Stalaker since she was 11 oh, years old. Oh, there, you yeah. there you go. This, this will be a good yes, one for this you. This will get you thinking. Yeah. Three sports stars to have dinner with and why? Any sport will do. All right. Roger Federer. Yep. Champion yep. man. Absolute saint. Um, probably Adam Gilchrist. Mm. Yep. Yep. He'd teach me something. Go, go without saying. Yeah. Yeah. No need to explain. Yep. Mm. And number three. Number three. Told you to get, get you thinking. Do you know, mm. I feel like Heather Knight. I just feel like she's yeah. kind of cool. Mm. I just like to have a beer with her. Yep. yep. Jess? And also, she's had a tough year with the Hurricanes. They're, you know, very tough. So mm. she but could a good year with England in the World Cup. Absolutely. And so yeah. And she, yeah. So there's my three. Jess, for me, I think it would be the Don. Yep. As number one, mm-hmm. because of the people he would have played against and the people he met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think also uh, AB because yep. he's my childhood hero. Mm. And for the third one, oh, look, I know a lot. Most of the girls. Um, uh, that's a really tough one. I think that if I went all the way back, it'd be fun to speak to somebody like Betty Archdale, who was yeah. uh, really played a, a big part in starting women's cricket in in Australia. Mm. Yeah. Now, which sport do you think the world could do without, and why? Cycling, get off my streets. <laughs> I like that. Ooh, I like gee. that. All cyclists. Um. um nine four eight nine double two zero two. No responsibility accepted. Jess. This is a very controversial call. I'm going to say soccer slash football because it's taking over the world and taking over the entire cricket season. Oh, jeez. There you go. Well, we, 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 the, the, the footy season's now February through to whenever. Which you're, talk, you're talking to an Italian here. Yeah, anything. We have girls who get told they must go play soccer to get picked, but they've got to play a cricket semi-final. So get back to winter. I agree, How, I agree with you. What do you think is the biggest issue facing um, your sport, facing cricket today? We've probably discussed that. We yeah, probably have. Yeah. So, I think we have. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, we'll go to the next one then. How do you kill time during the off season? 
Well, you don't have no, an off-season. Yeah, obviously. I don't, have, yeah, I don't have an off-season. I've been trying to have a week without cricket admin over Christmas, nap, but look, failed. From, so, one, from one administrator to the other, it just yeah, doesn't, ha- it doesn't happen. Failure. Absolutely doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, for the last sort of four years, I've travelled it over winter. Yep. So mm-hmm. I just, the last two years was cricket in Ireland, and before that it was mm-hmm. summer camp in America. Biggest influence on your sporting career? Mm, probably my dad. Um, yeah. Tragic? Yeah, I, 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 he comes and asks me. He, I just, he, I well, he's a rooster's man, so that makes him tragic for a start. I should <laughs> say. Oh, this I is should this is coming from a dragon supporter. We should be pointing yes, as well. I know, I know. it's coming from yeah. a dragon's man. Good evening, Mr. Cheadle. It's great to have your 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 your. You'll your, see you'll your see him at the Anzac Day match. You'll probably see me at the Anzac Day yeah. match, and you'll be ready to give it to me when the roosters yeah. win. I suppose yes. And he will. Yeah, mm, yeah. Jess. Wow, I think. I'd have to say the Gordon Club in general, yeah. which sounds its a very much a cliche, but the day that I walked into that club, uh, which I was I joined when I was doing my HSC, and uh, walked in and completely changed everything that Your I did. I mean, it's, it's directed the next 30-odd years of my life, so there you go. This is going to be an interesting one for both of you. Your pre-match and post-match ritual. If these, you have these any. Days, these days, uh, for my... Um, level of experience, I would have to say that it's it's spending a whole lot of time warming up before the game and then spending a whole lot of time warming down after yes, the game. Yes, because when you get to that so, age, so I can nec- you so find I can move the next day. muscles and yes. bones in your body that you never thought Correct. existed. Correct. But um, they're there and they creak. They do. That sounds horrible. Um, pre-match, I, um, I have like a, a exclusive range of socks that I would select. Mm. Um, and then post-match would probably just be a beer or yep. nothing. Now, a bit of fun. Biggest pest. Biggest pest in your sport. In the, <clears throat> yep. Of the club. Anywhere. 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 Club. anywhere. It could be the club. It could be in the club. Anyone. anyone who's who's going to cop? If it's, any, if it's in the club, who's copying it? I think let's do it in the club. Should yeah. We yep. All right, you have to get first. I'll Charlotte press. Anneville. <laughs> well, you, I, you Hope you're listening, Charlotte. <laughs> Taken mine. <laughs> what? What? Anything about her in particular as a pest? No, no. Look, Shah's been around forever. She's a great club person, uh, and she's been doing a great job with some videos actually on our Facebook page. But she's but she's very asking the question. She's asking good to have questions. a crack at. She's good yeah. to have yeah. a crack yeah. at. Yep. She gives it out, so it's she good does. To give she it gives back. as good as she gets. That's it. Heidi, in 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 agreement with that, or have you got one of I, your own? I am an ingre- in agreement. Yep. That probably leads into the I next one. I also just like to take just two moments to. Um, not that I know her really personally, but Sarah Ailey never fa- actually has okay. failed once. But every time I play her, she gets me out. Every <laughs> single time. Oh, no, you're her bunny. Except once. And she looks at me like, got you again. I'm like, oh, oh. well. Look, it's no disgrace to, was, be, no. to being oh, in gonna, the headlights gonna, of one of the best women's uh, pace bowlers. I had... I had a player. I had a, I had a player who's in at their club at the moment who I used to have absolute ding-dong battles with in, in junior cricket, one Claire Jones. Um, used to play against her when she was a junior at Peninsula, and I played uh, down at Glorious St Matthew's Farm oh, in Crom. <laughs> oh, um, and uh, we ended up running into each other on a regular occasions um, in junior. So Claire, if you're listening in, yeah, I'm still wearing that one that you you sent down to me back in under 13s. Oh, so champion still secretary, best secretary going around, and still bowled some mean in swingers. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the ones I copped. So. Uh, thanks for that. You ruined my batting career. Um, the uh, your funniest Not to moment. Other things. Yes, go on. Jeez, oh, you had to go there, now. didn't you? Um, your moment. moment involving a teammate. Uh, okay. Um, 
we were fielding, it was a thousand degrees, and I think Nick Carey was batting. And one of my very good friends... Very good all-rounder, by the way, Nick Carey. uh, Absolute champion athlete, yep. Uh, One of my very good friends who doesn't play for us anymore, Joe Lawson, was at square leg. And it was, I said, it was so hot and we were just hanging in there. And Nick Carey, just glorious shot for four. And we were all kind of like, you know, we're losing. They've got a lot of runs on the board and she keeps scoring. And Joe just yells out, shot! Complete silence. (laughs) Completely (laughs) cheering for Nick. And she just realised what she said and was like... Sorry. Sorry. That's <laughs> like, fine. Turned red, turned around. Is that, that, is that a five it. or a tenner? That's a 20. That's, that's a $20 fine. That's, that's a fine. That's a fine. And she, a fine. nobody would ever let her forget it. It was wonderful. Jess? Uh, one of my teammates has been around for a long time. You mentioned her name before, one Jane Warrilow. We were playing cricket a few seasons ago uh, on a ground by the harbour, and it was a very windy day, and she came on as a second or third change bowler. And halfway through the over, she bowled, and then she went up, and she appealed, and she was really excited. And I'm like, yeah, I've got a wicket, da-da-da. The rest of the team had no idea what was going on, nor did the umpires. It turned out that um, she didn't realise that we'd had the bails off since the start of the game. Oh. Uh, because it was such and a she thought day. the bails, she'd bowled and, someone. And she thought she'd bowled somebody, oh, yes. which is, it goes down in, in legend, and, and there's probably 25 different stories I could tell about that individual player. Oh, now, we're, we're, talking about, we're talking about chat or banter. Who's got the best and worst? Charlotte Annabelle. Charlotte Annabelle. <laughs> Best and worst. Or Heidi. Yep. Well, keepers. Well, keepers. Keepers are in a special keepers breed in their own right. So own. they have yeah. to come up with. They have to set the standard. Yep. Whatever standard that may be. Uh, now, this one could chat. be. This one could be a little bit controversial. You go go for a girls' night out. Who's who is the best and worst on the night out? Uh, I think that's past my generation. So I'll hand that one. <laughs> <to Heidi>. Shots <laughs> fired. Yes. Uh, the, the hospital pass. Well, Taryn Heddo, who sadly doesn't play, she moved to Melbourne. She was passed out on the couch at the RSL one day. <laughs> We're all having, having a good time playing some pool, and Taryn's just horizontal out for the count. No, no, I think in Melbourne, mom, so may miss this. this yeah, that's this, true. Actually, it'll get back to her eventually. Yeah. Um, best on the circuit? Who, like someone Tina. who... Tina. Tina. Spino. Oh. God, I only know Spino. Spino. Okay. Yeah, she's she's class actually. She's mm. up for anything. Yeah. Um, your biggest rival could be could be someone friendly or could be someone who's just got you, genuine I, bad blood. I think you mentioned it already. Uh, third, off third air. grade would be the Slayers and George Sutherland. Yeah. First grade is probably probably Bankstown. Okay, yeah, yeah. And personally, Laura Wright because <laughs> it was always between her and I for the keeping award. Ooh. It was always. Which so, and we uh, that really comes in the next one. Which team do you always hate and why? And you said St George Sutherland and Bankstown. And Bankstown. Mm. Yeah, I uh, hope my wife's not listening. She's a Bankstown girl originally. Yeah, so get on very well, but and we yeah. enjoy the competition again. Th- and this year's I've enjoyed it much more actually. Yeah. I don't now know. the last one. Who would you like to nominate to drop and give us twenty next? Shaker. Yeah, Lisa I was going to say Lisa Stilega. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, can we make that happen? Uh, probably not, but hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. we've had, um, the, the only time we've ever been successfully been able to do that is we had Nick Bills on the show. He nominated Jay Lenton. Jay Lenton heard about it, and two weeks later, Jay Lenton was on. Oh, champion. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, maybe maybe post, uh, po- post Big Bash, perhaps. Post when, well, well, she'll yeah. be off on another commentary gig probably Very somewhere likely, else. Yeah, um, IPL starts uh, soon after the, right. the WBBL, right. so... She'll probably be earning money it's there. A wanted and, woman. And she may want to charge, so we can't afford that. Absolutely. In these parts, let me tell you. Look, it's been an absolute 
we could go on for another couple of hours, but you have to go because um, you're just a few minutes past your um, stated time limit and you do want to see tonight's big bash match between the Hobart Hurricanes and the Sydney Sixers, which is about to get underway. Come on, the Magenta Army. uh, At Bell Reeve Oval in Hobart. Um, Of course, there is plenty of big bash cricket, not to mention WBBL across the weekend. Sydney Thunder playing the Melbourne Stars tomorrow. That's a big game for the Stars. They lose that. I think they drop out of touch with the four. The Thunder aiming for possibly an all-Sydney final showdown in Mackay tomorrow night. It's the Brisbane Heat, who are the dark horses still for mine in this competition in the WBBL, taking on the Adelaide Strikers, who have promised so much, but outside of the, the Smash Sisters at the top, you know, Divine and Bates haven't delivered as much as they should have. And then uh, two big games on Sunday in the WBPL. Back to Bankstown Oval for the second match of the doubleheader between the Thunder and the Stars. And big game on Sunday in Lilac Hill with the Perth Scorchers taking on the Sydney Sixers. You know, the Villani Lanning at the top of the order taking on this multifaceted Sydney Sixers where everyone can bowl and everyone can bat. Um, but... Um, were disappointing on a very poor wicket, I thought, the other night. Um, I'm going to discuss that in the Mm. second hour about how poor some of these wickets are, not just at Spotless, but around the place. Some of these dropping wickets just haven't worked. And uh, as much as the Thunder were good on uh, the other night in the first derby against the Stars, I think the wicket was was not the best. So plenty of big bash cricket to happen uh, this weekend. And, yes, there there is this matter of the test match at the SCG. Where does it end up? I mean... Can Australia get out of this with some sort of respect, chasing 600? Can they avoid defeat or are we just sliding down towards hoping for the forecast rain on Sunday and Monday to uh, save the test match and ensure that Australia only lose the series 2-1 instead of 3-1 to India? I think we should start talking about the Sri Lanka series. Yes. Um, and they've been pummeled by New Zealand, it's got to be said, too. And won't that be an interesting Boxing Day test match next year when New Zealand come here for the first time in 32 years? Um, We have to let you go. It's been an absolute privilege to have you both, Heidi Cheadle, uh, and you too, Jessica, as well. Plenty of work for you to do off the field in particular to maintain the momentum, not just now, but over the next five years, over the next ten years, a real opportunity. Not many, not many people can say that they leave a legacy for generations to come. But you've got that now at Clubland at Gordon, uh, Jessica Henry. Thanks to you, thanks to you, Heidi Cheadle. Good luck for the rest Thank of the season, you for having and us, we guys. hope to have you back here sometime soon on the bench. Thanks very much for having thanks us. Thanks so much. Cheers. That's uh, Heidi Cheadle, class wicketkeeper, bat batter. Not going to say batsman because that's I can't. I, that's one thing. I, it's I, you can't say that. It's not right. And and Jessica Henry, president of the Big Reds Gordon Women's Cricket Club. Thanks for their time and thanks to you, uh, Anthony the Bull Caruso, for your time. You're leaving us as well as we head into the second hour of the program. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you very much.